welcome to the Old Dark Podcast. I'm John. And I'm Dean. Come in, sit down. Stay a while. Today, we're on another film focus. One that, I don't know how popular this movie is. I think it, I, I think in certain circles, this yeah. one's pretty popular. From what I can tell, it seems to be... It hits a lot of those top ten lists that are like underrated film that you might not have seen. I, yeah, it's definitely among those because when it came out, I don't recall hearing that much about it. No. No, it was out in 2016, and the film, if you haven't read uh, the, the title of this, if you somehow you're listening to this without listening to the title, it is The Autopsy of Jane Doe. Everybody has a secret. Oh, was that the tagline? That's the tagline. Mmm. That's pretty creative. Yeah, it's not bad. That's not bad. Especially when you think, like, that's that's one that, okay, you hear it, it's a little bit catchy in the beginning, mm. but it's very relevant to the film. Yes. Right? No, no, that's that's good in that way, for sure. I actually like the title and the uh, and the tagline. I think they're they're pretty slightly above average. Yeah. So, it's like the poster, even. The poster tagline, it, it all looks very oddly sterile. It does. And it's it's a good look. You know, it feel it's just, well, this is just the autopsy of A. Jane Doe. Of A. Jane Doe. Right? And, uh, yeah, that's kind of what the movie is. That's basically what the movie is. Yeah. It's a father and son uh, mortuary team. Team. Um, I think this is small town yeah. because this is like the crematorium, like the funeral parlor for the town. And I think he's also the medical examiner. Yeah, something along those lines because he's uh, in league with the police. Yes. That's, that's, a, that's a way to word it. Um, yeah, and in the opening scene, I think they're, they're establishing a, ca- a cause of death for another body. Right. Uh, that's not the opening scene, though. No, 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 not not the opening scene. The, your introduction to them. Uh, yes. It's yes. their introductory scene. Which, uh, on the same point, it is just the second scene, really. Yes. So, like, it's it, not like... The the opening scene is a... Uh, what's it called? A crime scene. Yeah, that... I had the wrong page turned up. I looked at the first birthday. What? Nope. Crime scene. And actually, uh, basically, the first reveal of our Jane Doe is probably my favorite shot in the film because immediately you're wondering. You're seeing this pale yet perfectly preserved corpse that's half buried in the ground. Yes. Yeah. And it's a pretty striking, striking image. Yeah, and like it's not, she's half buried. Yeah. Like, she's only got, like, I'm not even half. She's got, like, a quarter of her torso out. Yeah. Her her head and, a, you know, section of her torso, but her one of her arms still under. Yeah. She's got a boob out. Yeah. 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 Yeah, corpse boob. They've unearthed a corpse boob, so. Yeah. But immediately you're, like, the police are questioning what's going on here. Right, because you're panning around this crime scene and, well... Somewhat like uh, reminiscent of, uh, I'm going to say reminiscent of X, only because 
we've covered X previous to this. Yeah, yeah. X is newer, of course. But uh, it's that same kind of just crime scene opening. This is similar. Not exactly, obviously not exactly the same. No, no, but it's it's in the same... It's in the same thing. Yeah, it's, it's a bunch of police at, at a crime scene investigation at the beginning of, of the film. Right. Um, and basically, like, you're not seeing a lot of the cre- crime scene, but they're discussing it very briefly. You're getting a few flashes. And, and they make mention that it seems like these people... Like the dead bodies here, other than her. Yeah. We're trying to escape. Yes. Yeah. And for some reason or another, that doesn't make sense to them. Oh. Because this is supposed to be a break in entry. Yes. Yeah. yeah. He, he can. A uh, so, uh, line is something like along the lines of when he's talking to uh, the mortician. Uh, Tilting is, is their name? Tilting, I do believe. Yep, Tommy is the uh, is the character played by Brian Cook. And Austin, I think, is, is, is his son. Yeah, is his son. Uh, when, the top is, when the cop is talking to Tommy, he says, yeah, I can sell a and e you know. He broke in. The, uh, the man killed him. Yeah. You know, kind of killed each other kind of deal. He, he can sell that, but an extra corpse buried in their basement? Well, that's... That, that's a little harder to uh, let people know what the hell's on the go with. So basically, he gives them, I need answers by tomorrow morning, so I need a cause of death tonight. And there's your premise There's your premise for the movie. That's your setup. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. I, I, I think it's, like, super fitting for, the, for, uh, for this type of movie. You know what? My, I also got to say, the set... Like the the underground, it doesn't really look like it belongs under that house, right? But it's very like atmospheric. It's it doesn't feel creepy right away. It feels kind of homey, kind of homey for a morgue. Yeah, yeah. Well, it is someone's home. They live there. It's a home morgue. Yeah, they live above it. And, I mean, you're introduced, like, to them, like, doing their thing. There's a couple of jump cuts as they're doing an autopsy on this previous corpse. There's rock music playing. You're getting a feel for these characters without them really saying a whole lot. No, and it's, uh, I think that scene's a way to normalize the idea. Yeah. You know, if, oh, yeah, you just jump into cutting corpses with Jane Doe, oh, man, she's no. going to go funny. But no, they got to show, they're showing them doing a standard, hey, this this is just this, what we do. You're yeah. learning this. This is clinical. It's not. It's you at work doing whatever. Whatever you do at work. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's all it is. And that's and it. That's what morticians are, you know. It's a job to them. Yeah. I mean, you would hope that most of them do it respectfully, but I, I, I think most of them do. Yeah, and and I don't no. feel that in any way that these characters are disrespectful. Austin no. is younger; he's a little bit like he's very much different than his dad. His dad's very by the book. Yeah, Austin's less, but I mean that's experience. But he's not know. a dick. No, and. There's also, it comes out early in the movie that Austin's getting ready to leave. He don't want to follow in his father's footsteps. Yeah. Third generation mortician. I don't know if I agree with it. I mean, you're getting basically handed. Right. Right. You've established you can do the work. Young people don't think that way, though. 
No. I say young people like we're fucking in our 60s or something. But when you're 20, when you're you're in your early 20s, you're not thinking, oh boy, oh howdy, I can't wait to take over dad's business. That's true. Right? You're going, you, you, you might you might grow up with a little bit of resentment towards this. Maybe. Yeah, right? it's possible. Because like maybe his father kind of not ignored, but like, you know, shunned him off for having to work sometimes. Yeah. And maybe, you know, that's all childhood stuff and uh, it's all, uh, I guess, what you would call conjecture. There's n- none of this is stated in the Reaching movie. their own path. Yeah, I, yeah. I, can, I can respect and understand it to a point. Yeah. But, I mean, he's established he can do the job. Right. He's basically... Doing it. Yeah, doing it. You're, you're, you're not only... People are dying to give you business, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> literally. <laughs> but, yeah. Well, you know... There's always going to be a call for morticians. Yes. Right? That's one of those things you're going to need. You're always going to need morticians and mechanics. I, I think it's more from the feel I got and the way Austin is with his dad. Like, he's constantly wanting to go be there for him. Yeah. Um, and be a support for him. I think it's, it's Emma, the girlfriend, that's probably had more to do with him leaving Right. Than he himself. But so, somewhere somewhere also mixed in there, um, the uh, mother figure in, in the house died. Yes. And fairly recently. It, see, it, it feels like it's recent. Yeah. It, it, recent enough that, he, you know, there's still a bit of that mourning there. I mean, you know? they do mention, Tommy does mention that uh, he had seen the notebook with his wife. And that was the last film that they saw. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Notebook came out in 2004. Okay. Um, This was uh, 2016. Assuming this was set... Contemporarily. Contemporarily. Yeah. Um, Mom's been dead within the past 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. Which, you know... But it feels more recent. More recent. Like, it feels like maybe Tommy's finally starting to kind of get past it a little bit. Right. But he's not really... He's not really there. No, it's um, but he wants to be there for his dad because it's you know. Yeah. Once he goes, well, then I guess he he might be worried his father got nothing. Yes. Which you know, uh, and that just sets up this nice loving relationship between the father and the son. I'm going to go ahead and say that the cast in this film, yeah, is fucking great. Yes. I think Brian Cox is great. Uh, Neil Hirsch is great as as Austin. I'm a little indifferent on uh, the sheriff. Yeah. He doesn't have... But, I mean, the rest of the characters are so... Even even the girlfriend who's around, uh, Emma, is... Uh, I have the name, because I have it in front of me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for, all, for everyone going, geez, John remembered her name. Yeah, no, I got it in front of me, so... Yeah. Don't pat me on the back too hard. <laughs> uh, but the girlfriend is... Uh, she's likable, but she's not really around. No, she's no. not. She's not a. You don't get a full feel for her character, other than that she is, you know, nice enough of a girlfriend to. Yeah, Austin. She pops up now and again, though. Yeah, yeah, and falls down. So on. Yeah, but I got to say, in my opinion, the standout actor is Owen Kelly as Jane Doe. Yeah. 
Yeah. For somebody that has no lines and next to very little in the way of like mannerisms or anything, or you're, you're a corpse. <laughs> or comfort. Or comfort. She just had to lie there. I'm going to say naked, or at least maybe mostly naked. Yeah, yeah. She's, yeah, she's on the slab. Yeah. I would hope that it would have been warm there because, dang, to lie there and just be there, like, motionless. Right. But if you pay attention every now and then when you're looking at her, mm. she's got a little bit of a different look on her face. Okay. It's not always the same look. And she's able to convey some intent and malice, especially as the movie progresses through this blank, dead, eyed, staring. You feel that way? Slack jawed, like very, like, oh, I do. Yeah? I do. I, I feel the, and it's that tone to the music. Like very subtle music. Whenever. I, think, I think you just hit the nail on the head there. Yeah. I don't think it's so much, uh, uh, you know, this isn't a knock towards the actress. I, I don't think it's so much that her facial expression is changing or subtle changes. It definitely I think changes. it's the music is mostly what is doing it. it Maybe there's subtle changes, but I think it's, I think it falls heavily onto the music that's doing it. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I think it is. I, I think it all culminates together mm. so basically yeah i mean I, I think i wouldn't be able to do that no no i wouldn't be able to keep a straight face i can't <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah really though well, i mean let alone keep yeah, a straight right. face with your mouth like slightly agape like when they when they open her mouth and whatnot yes yeah oh yeah uh it says in the trivia on imdb that uh, the uh, director thinks that she had the hardest role in the film. I would definitely agree. Definitely agree. And when you look up her uh, IMDb, she hasn't done much. No. I'm hoping. Did that turn her off from acting? I don't know. I haven't looked at hers. I mean, she doesn't even have a picture on IMDb. Huh. From what I've seen, like, she's done a couple of things there. Right, but this is this is kind of what she's uh, what she's known for. Yeah, huh? But anyway, right. I think it's a it's a really really well acted movie, and I mean, if you've got Brian Cox, dude is a freaking legend anyway. Is he? Yeah. What else is he in? He played he played Hannibal Lecter. Oh. In Manhunter. Okay. Yeah. Played Samara's dad in. Uh, uh, the ring. Okay, yeah. Yeah. I just got him looked up here now. I'm trying to see what else I would know him from. He was in one of the X-Men movies. The Striker, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. He was Agamemnon in Troy. Never watched Troy. He's been in a lot of stuff. Yeah, I'm looking here now. He's been in a lot of movies. And he can play a villain. And he can play... A sympathetic... A dad. Protagonist, yeah. Pretty... I got to say, he's a pretty charming, you know, slightly grouchy, easy grouchy. He, he's a dad. He's got he, that face. He's got that... He's got a dad face. He comes across as a very good medical examiner. Yes. Yes. 
And he's subtly, everything he's doing, he's trying to correct and put his son on the right path to replacing him. Because in his eyes, he doesn't know Austin's leaving. He's priming him to take over the family business. As you would. Right? <clears throat> Even when they start the autopsy, uh, he's snap it, uh, snapping pictures. Yeah. And he's like, uh, the victim is in her mid to late 20s. So he corrects him. Appears to be in her mid to late 20s. Right. Right? So he's not like doing it to be dickish. He's just doing it. Yeah. Right? By the book kind of deal. By the book. Like terminology like that means a lot. Um, if you're doing a an exam, like, and that goes to court, if you state victims in their mid to late 20s and you're incorrect. Right. Right? You need that leave yourself that loophole. And so. Yeah, it's it's phrasing and wording seems yeah. to be as opposed to, yeah, in definitely in this age range. Yes. Yeah. Right? Austin should have left with his girlfriend, though. He definitely should have. But then he would have never forgiven himself. No, I suppose not. I wrote down, should have left with his hot girlfriend instead of staying with the hot corpse. Yeah. <laughs> I can't help it. He's a mortician. They're all creepy like that, right? Yeah. 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 So the runtime. Runtime. Buck 25. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. There doesn't seem like there's anything in this movie that's wasted time. No. Or filler. No, not really. There seems a reason for most everything. Yeah. If this was an hour 45, two-hour movie, I think it, w it would have dragged in, in some spots. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. So I would think that runtime is, uh, is pretty spot on. No, the runtime is... It, it it is in that magical zone. Yeah. From like an hour. You want a bit better than an hour to develop stuff. So you usually end up hour 20 to like an hour 45. Are like in that little valley there. It's is the uh, best point. Is it a valley or is it like a hump? I guess quality goes up. So it will be. Yeah. I guess it would be a hill. When you're pushing two hours on a horror movie. You better have an intent. Yeah. Because it's really hard to build tension once you get past a, like an hour 45. Yeah. Or keep it going. To keep it going. Yeah, build it. And, and I'm not really a fan of these movies that like build and drop and build and drop and build and drop. Okay. I like that slow, 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 slow build up. And then it just, it's just basically always an upwards turn. Like, basically, from when she arrives, when Jane Doe arrives at the, mor at the uh, morgue. Yeah. It's just a start of tension and things going, getting progressively worse to, towards the climax. Yeah, that's this whole movie. It's just things getting slowly worse, slowly worse, slowly getting more, well, mysterious. It, it, it's a... It's a bit of a mystery, corpse mystery. It, it certainly is, right? And I think, uh, I think they did really good on the idea that, like, a worse, a worse film would have, at some point, had her corpse do something. Yes, right. Absolutely. At no point, I say at no point, 
I'll, 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 I'll amend that after. Yeah, yeah. At no point during the bulk of the movie does she do any movement, a, a, any real movement that would indicate that she has some sort of spirit in her. The closest thing you get to movement is... Or she's not quite dead. Right, right. The closest thing you get to movement is um, later on in the movie with, uh, I guess, spoilers from here on out. Yeah, I think now's a fair time to throw up the spoiler warning. We've touched on some plot points, but nothing really that's going to spoil the movie. It's called Autopsy of Jane Doe. You're going to, we've discussed that there is an autopsy of a girl named Jane Doe. Right. Um, that's not spoiler territory, but from now on, we're probably going to get into more of like... What actually happens. What actually happens. So yeah, spoiler warning, if you haven't seen this movie, I would highly recommend pause it here, go watch it, and then go back. Yeah. And finish the episode. <laughs> we appreciate when people finish the episode. <laughs> yeah, we certainly do. Um, well, before we get into full spoiler... Yeah. Ratings? Ratings, oh yeah. You, you want to do that now? We can, yeah. Yeah, we can yeah, do that now. So, that so now. people think, oh, well, maybe they liked it. Yeah. Maybe we liked it. I'm at a fucking nine. That's high. That is very high. Yeah. That is very high. But when I look at it, what would I change? I don't think I'd change a damn thing. No? Nope. No, okay. Nope. I, I mean, I can't give it a ten. I've yet to watch a movie that I would call a perfect movie. Right. And I don't think it exists. Right. I think if you're rating something a 10, you're basically saying it's better than everything before or anything after. Okay. So I'll probably never give a 10. So your rating system's mostly 5 to 9. 10's there. 10's there. I give it an 8. Yeah. I thought I was... I thought I was going to be freakily low. Same as you. Yeah. Uh, I think it's absolutely fantastically done. Yeah. Uh, there's one thing that I, I have one real misgiving about it, and it's not really a big one. It's just your own personal taste. It's just my own it. personal taste. Yeah. Yeah. And now spoilers. And now spoilers. As I was saying, she doesn't really move while no. she's getting examined. And it's like, you know... There's a part where it's like, it seems like she is, like her nostrils doing that flaring thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. But the fly comes yeah, out. And then you see, like, the insectoid legs pop out of her nostril. Yeah. The fly. closest thing to moving she does is during... Is when... Pretty well one of the, cli the climax. Mm -hmm. When the father's like, oh, well, take me. You know? Yeah. Because he figures out, well, she's a witch. Yeah. They tie in the Salem Witch stuff, and, uh... They're alluding to that, basically, through yeah, the I entire know. autopsy. There's... I know. I'm, I'm not, uh... I, I'm never a big fan of when they throw Salem Witch trials in. Mm. It, it, it's... There's easier ways to do that. Or, no. There's, that is the easy way to do it. It's like... Yeah, you can have witches without talking about Salem. Just, like... Yeah. Leave yeah. that alone. That was a... That was a tr that was you know when you go and you look at the Salem Witch Trials that was just a tragedy. And another take on it could be that she was an innocent girl that was tried, right, and became this thing after. Well, that's my read on it. Yeah, 
And so I think that that's a fairly unique spin on that. So what I think is happening is at the climax when the father's like, oh yeah, take me. Mm-hmm. And all of her, this is again, this is getting to the point of uh, uh, the closest thing she does to movement is when his wrists breaks, her wrists heal. Yeah. When his ankles break, her ankles heal. He gets he gets uh you it shows her lungs and stuff being unstabbed. Unstabbed? Is that Well, I think they're more blackened. No, no, there's like Yeah, they're they're scar tissues, yeah. yeah. So the scars disappear, but I basically thought... her lungs get like less blackened and he exhales smoke. Right. Yeah. And it goes on and she's just essentially transferring all of her her wounds to him. Mm. And the son comes and Finishes him off. Yes. I think that shagged it up. Oh, yeah. I, I, I think, think so, if, too. I think if he let her finish off his father, yep. she would have been able to rest in peace, and he could have left. Yes. But since he stopped it and wasn't a willing sacrifice, well, now he has to die, too. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a very solid read on it, and I'm basically in the same in the same boat, right? Um, with with how I interpret the ending. Now you do see her finally move in like right before the at the credits. credits. Yeah, it's a credit tease. It's her. She wiggles her toe. Yeah, she she's wiggles, one toe. Yeah, she wiggles her toe. Like she, okay, fine, I guess. Right. I, and and the, the question is, if she was able to finish the ritual and pass on this to him, yeah, would he then be the same co- cursed corpse? Oh yeah, maybe. So would it would it go that way, mm. or would it be and would she reanimate? Would she like come back to life? I guess the unanswered questions is, is if she was an innocent girl, how did she get these powers? Did an entity or a demon offer her this this chance right. at revenge as she's going through these horrifying tortures? Or is it a vengeful spirit thing like Kayako? Yeah. It, you know? It's it's a it's wondering how it happens. I could I could definitely see if they ever did do a prequel. Yeah, like she could be a very stoic, very uh, have very much faith in God or whatnot. Be a very Bible riddled person, uh, church going. Right, right, right. And, and they, then she's constantly tortured at, at these trials. And it brought, breaks her faith. Right, being brought down. And she, she renounces and becomes the very thing that they accused her of being. Right. At the right. end. That sounds like... That reminds me of Belladonna of Sadness, to some degree, the way you describe it there. Which is... That's a movie. I don't think I'd want to see a sequel to this film. No, only prequels. I think a prequel would be the way to go, but I don't even know if I need that. No, and I, I feel as if they were to do a prequel, uh, they have two options. One is more boring. Yeah. It is to get, it is to uh, do like a haunted house. You don't know why the house is haunted. And the someday when some dude breaks in because he's heard there's treasure downstairs, mm. he 
breaks in, starts digging up downstairs, finds a corpse, and then that's when the shit goes down like three quarters of the way through the movie when they find out that there's a witch's corpse in the basement. Yes. And then there you go. That's the immediate prequel to... To this film. To this film. The way that... The Thing and The Thing. Yeah. Alternatively, you could do a film set in Salem. Right. The back in times. And have basically the birth of the curse. Right. And how it would play out. I think before when we were talking about this, you were like, yeah, Robert Eggers could do it. If Robert Eggers did it, he's not gonna. No. I don't think Robert Eggers is a guy that does like a prequel or anything. He's doing his own thing. Yeah. Oh, 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 yeah. But I how, could how like in the oh, style. Man. Oh, man. If basically the witch, the yeah. film The Witch, yeah. had tied into this somehow. Right. That would have been great. Yeah, okay. Or if you could twist it, maybe somebody can come up with a convincing, but I don't think it's possible to connect those two films. You don't You can connect the universe, maybe. You would definitely do it. But I don't think you could connect the characters of the witch to the characters of this film. Well, why not? You say do it in the way that uh, we said transferring the curse on... Yeah. Do it in that way. That's true. You know, you can creatively write around a whole bunch of things. Yes. But, um, no, I'm not saying that Robert Eggert's going to go in. No. <laughs> in the style, in his sort of style would be the idea. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So there's those. Now, you you have any gripe with the movie at all? Do I have any gripe with the movie? Do you have any... Any nitpick that you're just like, ah, that, that bothers Poor me. Poor Stanley. Poor Stanley. Stanley. The cat. Oh, the kitty. Yeah. Yes. One of my favorite lines was, uh, what was it? Um, Stanley. Damn thing gets meaner by the day. Yeah, because when they <laughs> when brought he, the corpse, yeah, he hissed. and he hissed at it, right? Yeah. It's a damn thing gets meaner by the day. Yeah, poor cat. Stanley was a good old putter doll. Yeah. Yeah. For all of you people, I'm a cat guy. I'm, yeah. I love cats. Yeah. No, that's same here. Um, I like dogs. I like dogs. No, I, I, I like dogs when they're someone else's dog and they're looking after them. Yeah. Dogs are a lot of work. Dogs are a lot of work. Yeah. Not to say that I ne- neglect my cat. No. Like my cat. The, the cat doesn't want you to take it out and pick up its shit and yeah the, the cat's like i crap in the sand and you go and play with it all you want but i'm just gonna keep crapping in the sand <laughs> you know that's basically it she watches me too when i uh every time i do it just sits there and watches that's right clean my shit slave <laughs> yeah yeah i saw this uh this thing one time they said dogs have owners cats have staff yeah. <laughs> it's very relatable. <laughs> yeah. Pet me now. You can't pick the cat up and lay it down somewhere. I'm sure there are cats you can, but most cats you're not going to pick up and lay down and be like, oh, there you go, stay there. It's like, no, I don't want to stay here. Fuck you. God. Here's the one that I don't get, though. People who are rationally afraid of cats. Yeah. Yeah. Like, terrified that the cat is going to, like, attack them or something. Yeah, I... I 
I've known people like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've got a couple of ants. Yeah. Terrified. My my, my mother was terrified of cats. Really? Yeah. 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 Like, get that clear of me. Oh, well, we didn't we didn't have any animals growing up. No? No. No, no, no. 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 Uh, they got rid of the cat when I was, when I was, when mom was pregnant with me. Well. Yeah. I don't know how they got rid of it, but they got rid of it. Oh. And hopefully humanely. But uh, the, the, this cat was euthanized in the movie. Yes. He got, he got fucked up somehow. Something. That thing in the vent. Whatever it was in the vent fucked up the cat. Yeah. Or the cat fell in the vent or something. No, no. It got mangled. And he wasn't quite. Wasn't quite dead, no. So that's not really a gripe. It's just, man... You ever... I'm not, not a fan of, like, I can watch people get butchered all day long. When a dog or a cat gets it in a movie, it's like, come on. There is a website, I don't know if you're familiar with it, but it's called Does the Dog Die? It isn't. Yeah. And uh, it, it's not just, it used to be like, oh, does an, does an animal or a dog die? Yeah. Um, last time I looked, or last time I remember looking, it was just, you know, check to see if an animal dies. Oh, okay. But, because uh, I know, yeah, that's a pretty triggering thing for, for, for some people. people. And now it is just a trigger warning site. Oh. You can go through it. Um, the, uh, I don't know why it did that, but I, I, I typed in the autopsy. It had the autopsy of Jane Doe there for a second, and yep. then it came up American Psycho. And there's an autopsy in American Psycho. I don't know either. Uh, so, yeah, you know, you go through here. Does the cat die? Yes. Does the dog die? No. Is there dog fighting? No. Dead animal? Yes. Horse die? No. Pet die? Yes. Dragon die? No. Dragon. Are there spiders? No. Dragon. No. No spiders, but there's a fly. Are there snakes? No. Are there bugs? Yes. The fly crawls out of Jane Doe's nose. You know something? When the legs first came out of her nostril? Yeah. I was, like, freaking out because I thought it was a spider. <laughs> now I'm like, oh, thank God, it's just a fly. Yeah. <laughs> now, isn't that weird how, like, your brain works? Yeah. Cause it, like, it's still a bug that's crawling out of a dead girl's nose. Yes. But thank God it's not a spider. Yeah. Like, right down to, is someone restrained? Yes. They don't show it, but describe how she was tied up and the injuries caused to her limbs. Yeah. So, like... Yeah. It's a full trigger site, essentially. Now, I think if they if they did do a prequel and they showed all the things that happened to her, that would be a hard, that would be a pretty brutal uh, ritual. Yeah. To watch yeah. from from the injuries that she's described as receiving. Like, what would you call the Chekhov's gun? Oh, I noticed too. Did you? Yeah. Hmm. One was the obvious, was the corpse bell. It was the ghoul collar's bell, yeah. Yeah. Ghoul collar's bell. Uh, I, <laughs> that's what I call it. <laughs> um, so, ghoul collar's bell is a magic card. Is it? Yeah. Well, okay. I don't remember what it does, but uh, this, this is, you know, corpse bell. Yeah. Uh, what else? I, I'm thinking it's a Chekhov's gun. Okay. Like, basically, as soon as I saw it, I was like, oh, yeah. 
there's definitely going to be something happen. Somebody's going to see something in that later on in the movie. It's that mirror up in the, you know, those ones that, like, you can look around the corner. Oh, yes, yes, yeah, 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 the yeah. corner mirror. Yeah, the corner mirror. Yeah. Yeah, there's a okay. scene early in the film where, he's where Austin's walking. Like, he's basically closing up. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's after his dad's gone up for to have a smoke. And uh, he's closing everything up, and his girlfriend surprises him. Jump scare. False jump scare. False jump scare. Yeah. But, yeah, you see him walking up the aisle, looking up at that, that mirror, and I'm like, yeah, that's a Chekhov's gun. Somebody's going to be see something in that later on in the film. Yeah. And the corpse bell. We're definitely going to hear that. So those are two that I picked up on. Right. No fire po poker, though. No, no, there's not. Um, that's too bad. Yeah. They got some of those old-timey music on the go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so Jane seems to be a fan Sunday of... Sunday school, uh, like, song. Is it? Yeah. Um, McGuire Sisters uh, do a version of it. It's called um, Open Up Your Heart and Let the Sun Shine In. Yeah, yeah. I, I've never heard it at Sunday school, but it's been a long time since I've gone to Sunday school. I went for a lot, and I'm pretty sure that we we sang that. Yeah, we didn't sing at Sunday school. school. I, I didn't. Now, again, I think I might have only went to Sunday school till I was about eight or nine. Yeah. And then... They, you went right through. Well, no, but then I was out with the... You, you go to Sunday school until you do your... Oh... The, where you where you eat the bread and drink the booze, in your in your religion in, in Catholicism, yeah. I, I, I was Roman Catholic. Yeah, uh, yeah. Until you, oh, what the hell's that called? Not communion, not confession. It's uh, communion. No, that is it. Communion. Until you take communion, you do Sunday school. And once you take communion, now you have to go out and with the rest of the people and be bored. Uh yeah. Yeah, you don't yeah. get the color pictures anymore. No. No. Or read about how this little dude busts this big dude in the head with a rock. Yeah. <laughs> like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I I, know I did a fair amount of Sunday school, but I don't recall a lot. Because, again, I was seven or eight when I when moved out to the main church. But, um, yeah. What was your favorite scene? Jeez. Favorite scene? Or shot. I don't know if I have a single favorite shot, but my favorite segment of the movie is the autopsy itself before things get weird. Mm. Before things actually start getting supernatural. But it's pretty weird. Well, okay, before things get overtly supernatural and the corpses are walking around. Yeah. Because... Because basically... We've alluded to it, but I don't think we outright said that, hey, these corpses that are in the morgue get up and walk around, or at least appear to. Appear to. I, I think it's definitely appear to. Yes. I, I don't think that they're, because later in the movie, I think when they're, like, looking around, all the doors are still closed. Yes, they are. Yeah, so I, yeah. Think, I think it's definitely appear to. Up until, my favorite part of the movie will be up until the lights blow. Okay. Yeah. And then, and then that that from there on, everything gets. I don't want to say exceptionally supernatural, but everything has a 
It's more... The supernatural thing. Now, now you know. Yeah, now shit's happening. Yeah, so before that, you're... Huh, that's weird. Everything is... Like, it's weird to hear, like, the radio cut on. Right. Or switch stations. And they did make... They were like... They looked at it like... Yeah. That's, that's weird, but... Ra- Look, the radio's from, like, the 80s. Yeah. Okay, it's probably it's not... It's happened weird. to me on, like, those old, like, dial... Yeah, you get weird. You know, yeah, that they did something. Something's happened, and it shifted the band. That's happened to me. Yeah, you know. So that's not a. It's a it's weird, weird. It's weird, and you know, but you know. I think the weirdest thing is that they're having in those early stages is how well preserved she is. Yes. And then when they open her eyes. He's like, well, clouding like that, she should have been dead for days. Right. But they're not seeing any rigor mortis, mm. basically nothing, nothing like that. And I love all that, that whole, all those scenes right up until when stuff gets real supernatural. Yeah. I think it's, it's tense. It's really tense. And for me, I think the band snaps too quick when... They, uh, when they move to the extra supernatural stuff, I th- I feel like, as you said earlier, where the movie goes up and down, up and down, I feel like that that is too heavy of a relief of tension for me. Okay, yeah. I don't know if it's uh, more of a relief, because I think it still is that very... I think, but basically, the angle of incline drastically increases. I, I don't find that. Okay. I find it goes up, and everything's real tense, and it's tense, and then those lights shatter, and you go, oh, okay. And then it's like, okay, now I know shit's going down. Yeah. And that actually brings me down a little bit, and then the corpses start showing up. They start... I love, that when, I love that when the lights bust, though, and he finally looks over to his dad, and he's like, let's get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Perfect. It. Yeah. Perfect. Right then and there. That's the moment you try to get the fuck out of there. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. And again, they do all the right stuff. But then the elevator's not working. Right. And the tree fell over the other exit. Yes. So they can't leave. Yeah. Right? One of the coolest uh, scenes was when they actually cut into her. Her Y incision. Yeah. yeah. And basically the the blood just pours out and there's just something striking about seeing like this dark. Right. It's not real. It's like a real dark. Fresh. It's fresh. Yeah. Yeah. Pour out over this very white corpse. Right. It's like pretty striking. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So yeah, that whole the whole autopsy. mystery autopsy part is is like the prime of the movie for me. Yeah, and that might have to do with the fact that my biggest gripe in the movie is how they eventually show off these corpses that are haunting them. Okay, one in particular, it's supposed to be a jump scare, but it it falls so flat for me. It really just takes the wind out of my sails at that point. Okay. And then it picks it back up, and I'm like, okay. Everything other than that one thing, I enjoy. Yeah. Um, and that's the stitched lady. Oh, okay. The keyhole. Yeah. I don't know. Didn't do it. 
It didn't do it for me. No, it's a horror trope. I, I mean... I don't mind tropes! I don't mind tropes. No, that's I right. jump scares. I do. I do. Not too many. And I mean, stuff yes, this does, ha this does have a lot of tropes, but... Everything does. That one didn't feel like it be It belonged. No. Right? Like, I like... Um, so, another point is uh, on the same... In the same vein of that, like, jump scare or... or bait switch reveal kind of they're, they're running away from the corpse i think it's the one with the bell yeah and they grab the fire axe and they just start hacking at it yeah what it was 11 o'clock and that's when his girlfriend showed back up yep oh damn mm -hmm. and uh so his father just accidentally hacked his girlfriend up that that was great that's effective <laughs> yeah <laughs> I mean, it's, she gets up. That was great. It's kind of like looking back at it is like, huh? I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. That that happened. Right. Right. So like, that that sort that sort of uh, scare and because like it's real tense and uh, uh, they start attacking. It's not until they you get that relief of tension, but it relieves you right down into. The despair of Hall, it was a bait and switch. Yeah, yeah. Right? That's right. Because at, at that point, you might be thinking that, hey, they might try and fight their way out of here or something. They got a weapon now. They're, they're going to try and, like, you know, man up, fight their way out. Because some movies do that. Yeah. Especially with, like, zombies or corpses or, you know, anything of that ilk. But they do this. They they swap it out for his girlfriend that they just maimed. Yeah. By total accident. It, you know, they're yeah, well, that's right. And that, tricked into doing it. And that, once again, is the impression that she's just fucking with them. Right. Yeah. So these aren't corpses actually up walking around. This is their minds playing tricks on them. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Man. It's... Other than that one Stitch Lady jump scare scene, the rest of this movie is fan-fucking-tastic. It's, it's near perfect. Yeah, it's... And if it's... If this is a movie and people didn't notice it at the time, it's definitely got to be... This is going to be one of those ones that show up over and over again. It's going to get more popular over the years. It's going to become... It, it probably already is a cult classic. Right. But it's definitely going to become a cult class. It's going to be one of those ones that we look back and go, "Yeah, we missed out on that at the time." Yeah, but like, I, and, I think this would have been amazing to have seen in theater. Yeah, I don't even know. Did it have a theatrical release? Must I don't have. recall. I mean, twenty sixteen, it had to have. I was busy with children. I mean, it may not have. It it does feel maybe this was. Maybe it didn't. Um, I can't see it not having a theatrical release. Let's have a look and see. It grossed $6 million at the box office. Wow. That's criminally low. What's a budget? I don't see a budget here. I see films, so... It was a Christmas release. A Christmas release. December 21st. That's probably why. Yeah. So, this was a horror movie put out... For the Christmas season. Well, if, you know. if this had dropped in, like, October of that right. year. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, and, man. it's a, that's, a, that's a hard time to be putting out a horror film anyway. 
Christmas Eve. Somebody dropped the ball there. Somebody is- should have re- watched this and be like, we should hold on to this and release it next October. Right. Or, like, in a better month. Than- yeah. Because December and January are December, January, and February are apparently the dud months of the year. They generally are. Uh, every now and then you do get a hidden gem. Yeah. In I was, your Watched a video there a few, I'm going to say earlier this week sometime, but uh, it was the idea that the dud months of the year are a self fulfilling pros- prophecy for uh, Hollywood. Oh. Oh, yeah. Well, movies don't do so good in. You know, December, January, February. So let's just kind of fill those months up with mediocre movies. Yeah, yeah. Whereas, and he mentioned one movie in particular that was released in a dud area and just blew everything out of the water because it was a good movie. Yeah, yeah. It might have been some Marvel movie that they released at a weird time. It may be. But, um, yeah. Okay, so good movies can make a lot of money on those months. That showed. Yeah. Uh, but I, regardless, regardless of uh, you know, uh, thought projects of uh, of whether or not movies are better in those months or whether it's uh, the self fulfilling prophecy, December twenty first is a terrible time to release a horror film. It is. It is. It, it is. January fifteenth. Sure. Unless it's established, like I think maybe a scream film, you could drop that any time. Right. And it's it's got enough traction yeah. behind it. It's not a good time to drop an unknown no. horror film. Uh, the only time to drop a horror film on December 21st, if, if it's Silent Night, Deadly Night, or Krampus, yeah. or uh, Santa Slays, or, you yeah. know, that Christmas horror. It's not a horror movie, but Violent Night. Right. That, right? They came out this year. It or, did. Well... Last year, I guess, and it's not. It's not a. It's more of like a very action oriented. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people die pretty brutal ways. Santa goes ape shit with a fucking sledgehammer. Right. But it's more of like the John Wick actiony cut. Right. Yeah. It's brutality not. as opposed to terrifier. Right. Right. Yeah. We talk, we've mentioned that a few times where action kills are so different than horror kills. Oh yeah, there there are. Like, and there's so many more, more for starters. Kills in an action movie. In an oh, action yeah. movie. Like, it's pretty outrageous. Oh, even, like, even old movies that are, like, not horror movies at all. I was watching um, A Fistful of Dollars. Yeah. Old Clint Eastwood movie. And I was like, man, there's, like, he just killed, like, six dudes. There's, like, 30 people die in a fight. And I'm like, horror body counts are so low. There's one? Two, three. In this, yeah? In this. Yeah. Four if you include the cat. Four if you include the cat. Now you get to see four. You can add four for the number of corpses, though. No, you can add four, five, six, seven for the number of corpses, because the few at the beginning, Jane Doe herself, and the three in the morgue. Once again, this tracks for what we like. We don't like movies with happy endings, John. No, we definitely don't. <laughs> we don't like movies with happy endings, and, and that this is true. Yeah, that that is. This does not have a happy ending. No, it doesn't. I, I, you know, we just gotta like that happy little song. Yeah, 
Oh, yeah, it's a dandy little song, but like... The little toe wiggle. Tiptoe, I... I liked it. You liked it? I, I liked it. No, nah, I could pass on that. I, I thought I thought it's like... It, it's their way of letting you know, perhaps she is... She could have got up any time she wanted to. Right, well, it's yeah. It's a possibility. Okay. Yeah. Right, so maybe... Maybe it's their way of just, you know, we could take this in a different direction if we wanted to. Yeah. Because maybe we're wrong. Maybe she was a witch. Yeah. Right? Maybe she was evil as shit. Yeah, no, that that's... And this is just her flavor of the day, fucking with these people. That, I, I would say that's a valid read on it as well. Right? And I think right then and there, like, the fact that we have so many ways that this could go... Mm. That in itself is good writing. Yes. Because you're leaving options for you. You're not painting yourself into a corner. Yeah. Right? And I think this movie does not end where they have to take this movie in this direction. No, not necessarily. Uh, I think you said before you feel that a sequel... I don't know if you said that today. I'd probably watch a sequel. I'd watch a just sequel, be, but it's Just being, because of how good this film was. It's going to be the same thing. But if I went into watching it, I'd have... Because this movie was so good, it would be like going and watching Scream 2 after watching Scream 1. Yes. It's got to be a good fucking film. Yeah. To... Follow this. To follow, yeah. Yeah. No, this is one of those... This is one of those films that I, I think it should just stand alone. Yeah. Right? Yeah. This is, you know, you go back and you think about films that are uh, exceptionally, you know, those big horror classics. How many of them have sequels? So many. Oh, yeah. And so many are just... Shit. Yeah. Yeah. So many are just bad. Yeah. I'm struggling to think of a film that is this good and is just... That's it. That's the, it the sequels have been terrible? Or no, that they don't have a sequel. Oh, that they don't have that a sequel. That they didn't pound it into follows. the ground. It Follows is great and doesn't have a sequel. Yeah. Yet. Yet. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure there's more, but... Uh, I mean, It Follows is almost 10 years old now. Yeah. So, probably not going to see a sequel for it. No. Right? No, I mean, that's a that's another hard one to do a sequel for, though. Hmm. Not really. It, it would be kind of similar, but a lot of movies are kind of similar. Yeah. Right? Oh, there's there, there's a lot of, like, one, like, single-cut horror films that haven't had sequels and, and don't need them. Right. And uh, all I'm saying is, <laughs> on the spot, I'm struggling to think of any. Yeah, yeah. That's fair. Yeah. But, uh... Yeah, I I think this, I think it's great. Praise it up. Yeah, well, those, those were my gripes. I've got, like I say, very very few gripes. I feel, I I, I can agree with you, with the with the stitch lady in the uh, in the keyhole. I think even just like if he looked through the keyhole and he just saw a shadow or something would have been just fine. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah. Or uh, I think it would have been better if you panned down to the keyhole. And if you want to do that same kind of jump scare, just have her looking, her her kind of like trying to peer through with like a stitched together eye rather mm. than appearing in the hole. Yeah. 
It's like, yeah, I'm already trying to look in there. Uh, it's, it's only from the trailer, but Evil Dead Rise seems to have a very similar scene. Yeah? Where they're looking through, like, one of those little peepholes in the door. Okay. And she's outside, and she's just there. Open up now. Like, just kind of looking super creepy. Yeah. By the way, I've heard wicked reviews for that film. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, that, so that's out now. It's out now. Oh man. Yeah. I gotta watch a few. We've had a few good years of horror. We have. I'm just gonna go ahead and say. Yeah, it's been good. Like, and I don't know if that has to do with that saturation we're getting, and we're just, you know, you, you throw so many balls, there's a lot gonna stick, right? Maybe, maybe it's just you know people got to writing good, good stuff during the pandemic. Maybe that. Yeah, that's right? true too. Because, like, I mean, we've had, what, Fresh and Barbarian, yep, Ed Fresh and Pearl. Barbarian, yep, we've um, had some really, really good horror films. Yeah. No, I, I, the Scream films of the past two years have been still haven't amazing. Seen six. Still haven't seen it. You will. I, I will as soon, Maybe. as soon as I get the chance. <laughs> as soon as I can find it. and Or as soon as it comes out on streaming somewhere, I'll, uh, yeah. I'll, I'll get it in that way. Yeah. I'm just waiting for it. Okay, the effects. Yeah. <laughs> the effects are great. They are. They are. Like, even all the, all the autopsy stuff. I suppose, like, our friend Brad, he does not like uh, surgical. Surgical, yeah. Or we watched, what was that, Teristas we watched with him. And he <laughs> sat down and oh, why do you have me looking at this? This is, like, my one thing I hate. And he's like... Ah, oh, surgery. Oh, why? And Touristus had a really good surgery scene. It does, it does. It's not a great film. That's okay. It's it's, it's an okay it's film fine. that has a really... Oh, man, if that's the thing that gets you... Yeah. That and, movie's going to get... And, oh, yeah. And this one is kind of like that. Yeah. Like when they, when they open her up and they're using the rib cutters... Yeah, click, click. Clicking, so you see, he's putting pressure on those. Yeah, and you zoom in, and you just see her. You just see like her neck, and like you hear the crack, and like you can see her body shake from. Yeah. The the jolt of, I don't know what he's is he cutting her breastbone off so he can splay the ribs. Is that what that is? I I'm thinking he's at maybe. No, no, I'm not a mortician. No, it, you don't it, do it, it looks thing. like he's cutting the ribs. Yeah. And basically, does the breastbone come off then with it, or is the breastbone attached to the spine? Breastbone's not attached to the spine. Okay, so I'm thinking Breast he's cutting the, the ribs out here and kind of just lifting that off. Okay, I, I was thinking it was like cutting along one side of the breastbone and then display yeah. the ribs open. Your breastbone. Yeah. I, I, I'm weird. You're weird, eh? Yeah, I've got like a hole there. Oh, I if you lay down, I'll put Skittles in it for you. Yeah, I've done that. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> These hairy chest Skittles. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. They're uh, they're lightly oiled with my uh, my chest hair oil. Oh God. Lightly oiled chest hair Skittles. Someone's someone's into us. Mm -hmm. Someone's into us. Uh. But yeah, all, all the practical effects are fantastic. Even, huh. Is that thing 
That rib cutter, is that, a, is that an actual tool or is that a gardening tool? It looks like uh, pruners. Yeah. It looks like pruners. Now, I don't know, is this? I don't know, but god damn, I'll never look at a pruner the same way again. Rib cutters. That's just, that's high tensile steel. Oh my. Okay, so uh, I, I, I got rib cutters and... What's showing up is like butchering material, not mortuary supplies. Rib cutters autopsy. There you go. Rib shears. Oh, rib shear. Oh, yes, yeah. special instruments, surgical instruments. Yeah. That's not what he was using, though. No, no, he was using something more like a. And hey, they're out in the middle of middle of Buckfuck nowhere. Maybe it is the gardening shears. Yeah. Double use. Yeah, there you go. You loop, you loop in that little thing. Yeah, the whole, like, surgical tray and stuff. Like, sometimes I, I'm looking at that in movies. I'm like, what the fuck is that thing for? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right? What do you do with that? Like, the forceps and, like, the spreaders and, like, things to, like, yeah. I, uh, there's st- I know there's stuff that you can clamp. Yep. And... and- you keep it clamped, and then you put that aside. And yep, and, and you, like, drape the the scissors. I've actually read stories about how people have been, like, sewed up with, like, stuff left in there. There's been a few cases of that for sure. Yeah. Um, And, and leaving, like, spanners, so, something like, what are they called? Is it called a stint? Something that they keep the wound open with? Yeah. They just It just collapses into the body cavity and they just stitch it up in there yeah man that's that sucks yeah then you gotta get sliced open again yeah to get that out not only that it, i imagine that would do in some cases i'm sure it's killed people oh guaranteed and a lot of cases 100 percent. i would think that it does a lot of damage yeah at least or pain oh yeah uh i'm sorry for anyone who's uh had it right, happen yeah that, that's I'm yeah. really sorry. Yeah, for sure. But other than the effects on Jane Doe, the rest of the effects are pretty well as good. Yeah. Well, well as good? Good as well. Like all those corpses, those corpses, when they are there, they're looking... Yeah, they're they're looking great. Like that burned guy. Yeah, with the one bulging eye. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, when they call out the corpse to show his girlfriend... Yes. Not that one. I pointed to that one. And they haul out, and it's just, it's a sheet over his face, but it, you can just cavity. In. It's just a cavity. Yeah. Like, there's a hole. He, he's, he's whole like, face. And he's like, how did he die? Well, not sure, but first assumption, might have to do with the hole in his first face. First assumption was that, but then he went on and elaborated that apparently he had enough drugs in his system. That he was dead prior to. Right, yeah. Strychnine, I do believe. Yeah, strychnine. So, uh, yeah. Someone drugged him and then shot him to make it look like he killed himself. Looked like he killed himself, yeah. Yeah. Angle of intrigue. I'm intrigued with a lot of that dialogue. Right. Yeah, okay. Right? I I think I haven't. I don't know. I, I wouldn't assume it's public knowledge to listen to. But I think it would be kind of cool to listen to an autopsy report. Yeah? Yeah. 
I think there's definitely some that were like criminal cases you can definitely go on and listen to. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, because I think uh, in the United States and Canada, I think that there's some somewhere in the laws that in a court case, it has to be public. The information has, some of the information has to be available to the public. Yeah. Obviously, they're not going, putting out, oh, there's a video of the murder that he kept as a snuff film for him. So, no, they're not posting. They're not, you know, no. it's not public no. information, nor do I think it should be. No, that's right. But maybe the autopsy report might be, that might fall underneath a public information thing. It may. But again, I'm not sure. I'm going to say it again. I'm not a mortician. You can go ask a mortician and ask a mortician. Well, ask a mortician. She, she, she's got a I'm guessing. I'm guessing in more... This case, though, would be a medical examiner because the degree that he's going through, right, the, right, and the he's not that just, he's crossing and the eyes that he's dotting is more for criminal, right? Yes, establishing that cause of death. Yeah, he is the medical examiner, yeah, right, right. So maybe they got a maybe that's just the medical examination place and they got another yeah I, 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 in town it's that, also different to be like this person died of natural causes what what killed them as opposed to this is a potential homicide right i need you to build me the sequence of what happened to him of what happened to him and, and led to right this i was found burned alive in his house let me know, like, was this fucking yeah. plane? So that guy that was burned in the beginning, he's like, what killed him? Right. And he's like, well, the black and lungs and blah, blah, blah would suggest that smoke inhalation. Then he's like, look further. Then he looks in and he finds a... Subdural hematoma. Subdural hematoma. So he fell, struck his head. Yeah. And that's what killed him. Yeah. And then the place got fired. Yeah. Yeah. So... So that's cool. Yes. Certainly something that had to be looked into. And then you actually quote the tagline for the film. Everybody. Well, he didn't say everybody. Right. Has a, has a secret. But he said everybody has a secret. Okay. I mean, some are just hidden better than others. Yes, yes, yes. He did say that. Right? So. Yeah. But the general, general effects, the only CGI, I think, is, and that's part of my problem with that, Sticks face lady. Not a good... I, I don't like CGI. I think it's so unnecessary. Yeah. In, in a film with this budget and whatnot? No. I was at the library yesterday. Okay. Yep. CGI. Have you ever seen the movie Python? Yeah. Remember how poor that CGI was? Yes. At the library in Bay Roberts, you can rent Python 2, which came out last year. Is the CGI worse? It's it's the same. Okay. It's it's definitely meant to be the same. Okay. Yeah. From the screenshots on the back. Yeah. Yeah. And the front cover, it looks it looks bad. Python too. I might have to go. Anaconda uh, had pretty bad CGI as well. Uh, it's been a long time since I've seen Anaconda. Like a long time. And you I, do see you you see CGI a lot more mm, in. Um, Snake films, apparently. I uh, maybe, uh, yeah. But anyway, the the little CGI they used was a, a bit of like I'm sure they use CGI for a lot of stuff that we don't even notice. Yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of touch ups and stuff. Touch ups is fine. You don't know, you don't see it. 
when you're relying on it, once again, that was one of the gripes with the thing in 2011. Right. Right? Right. And Especially like you pointed out, the fact that they had filmed this scene in a practical they, way. They could have. I don't know if they did film I th- it. I thought they did. I'm not sure. And uh, they just didn't use it because it could only be filmed from that angle. Right. Right. That was uh, that was an interview with So someone. film it from that angle. Yeah. Practical effects are great. Yeah. And they've only gotten better with time. Yes. Right? Well, I mean, you compare practical effects of this film mm-hmm. to practical effects of something from the 80s. The thing's probably not a good good comparison. No, no it's because that's the thing weird. is the thing bonkers. is yeah, bonkers. That's a that's yeah. that's a good adjective. It, it, it's bonkers it's for its time. Right? Yep. Um but something like something like poltergeist. Yeah. When he tears his face off or the meat moves. Yeah. That's all practical stuff, but when you look at poltergeist when you stop and you think, and he starts peeling his face, you're like, when you take a look for effects and you know it's coming, you can see that his face is different. Suddenly. The prosthetic, yeah. 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 Or, uh, oh, what other prosthetics are there that you can, that, you know, there's, I'm sure you, you could all come up with a whole bunch of quick, easy, oh, yeah, you can see when this prosthetic comes into play with this, yeah. on this, blah, 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 so on and so on. So a lot like, of head cutting off. The Walking Dead would be a good example for CGI and practical. Okay. It uses a lot of both. Okay. But man, the CGI is bad. Oh yeah. Yeah. It, it, it like when you compare it, like I'm not saying it's bad. It's not bad, bad. But when you compare it to the practical effects, it just doesn't hold a candle to it. Right. We're not to that point. We are to that point. But we're not to that point where it's feasible, right? Cost-wise, to put that into it depends on the average film. Yeah, yeah. There you go. It depends on what uh, what your film's like. Like, well, you have you seen Avatar? No. Okay, the well, twenty eleven or twenty ten, that one and the new one. Yeah. You, like you can see a little bit of difference in the CGI. Yeah. But not a whole lot. No. Because okay. that was like stupid expensive. Right. CGI for the time. Yeah. And it's still stupid expensive CGI <laughs> today. Yeah. But you can't really, like, it looks real. Yeah, okay. Look at uh, Gollum in Lord of the Rings. Yeah. He's like all gone. that motion capture stuff. All that mocap, yeah, yeah. Yep. Uh, I don't have a problem. Pirates of the Caribbean. Okay, yeah. Davy Jones and all yeah. that. Yeah. Yep, that's all. That's all CGI. CGI, like, but really well done. It, it, it's got a Disney bank behind and it. And stuff got its time and its place, and there are ones that are going to be better than others. And again, I I, I like the movie. Yep. And that that's the big down for me, is that little bit of CGI when they could have done something a bit different. Yeah. But CGI overall... I'm not, I don't want to shit on that either, because, again, that has a time and place. It does. And even shitty CGI has a time and a place. Absolutely. That Python, too, I might I might go to the library and borrow that and uh, get you to come by and we watch a shitty CGI movie. I, I'm surprised that uh, this director hasn't done a whole lot more. No. He did do The Troll Hunter. Okay. Um. But I haven't seen it, but I have good thing heard good things about it. Yeah. 
but like he has direct he did scary stories to telling the dark in 2019 that was pretty popular and that one was pretty popular yep who is the director what's his name uh andre overdahl i butchered his name i apologize it's the o with the the slash through it yeah or over so he's over though swedish uh, uh scandinavian of some sort yeah like i can't say it's swedish finland iceland probably not i know he wouldn't be icelandic because um icelandic there his name would end with um uh son so scary stories to tell in the dark that book i that book is amazing yeah oh yeah I, I haven't read it in years, but I do recall one of the poems in it. I can, I can still recall it. Don't ever laugh when the hearse goes by, because you may be the next to die. They'll put huh. you in a big black box and cover you up with dirt and rocks. All goes well for about a week, but then your coffin begins to leak. The worms crawl in, the worms crawl out. They play peekaboo in your snout. They eat your eyes, they eat your nose, they eat the jelly between your toes. And one big green worm crawls in your eyes and out your nose. Puss pours out like whipping cream. You spread it on a slice of bread, and that's what you eat when you are dead. Wow. Oh. That's not exactly it, but it's pretty darn close to it. Damn. I rented that book so often from our school library. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> that's that's uh, that's pretty good. Yeah. I don't know if I can haul the poetry out of my ass like that. Yeah. <laughs> there once was a man from Nantucket. <laughs> For me, you knew it was going to be a creepy poem. Yeah. It's pretty good. Right? Yeah. Jeez. You got you. Yeah. Puss spread. Hmm. That's not bad. That's not bad. He's actually doing. Uh, he's also directing currently. Uh, or it's in pre-production, is Scary Stories Tell in the Dark 2. Two. Yeah. Yeah, the first one was super popular, so... I, I wouldn't say super popular, but it's popular enough. Yeah. I would say super popular in the horror genre. Yes. In the, in the horror family. Yeah, in, in, in the community. You've heard it. And Autopsy of Jane Doe. I've, I, you've heard that mentioned many times. Right. If you haven't seen Autopsy of Jane Doe, you really should. Yeah. And don't think that this is a movie where, you know, anyone could watch this. It's not super scary. No. It's scary enough. Yeah. It's, uh... If you haven't seen it, go watch it. It's really, it really is just worth it. Yep. We have Norwegian. uh, He's from Norway. He's from Norway. There you go. Right alongside Sweden. Oh, I said Scandinavian. I wasn't sure. Yeah. Uh, Norway, yeah. Which makes sense for Troll Hunter, because... Yeah. That's... Yeah, I remember hearing about Troll Hunter when it came out, and it was just some... And it's like, oh, yeah, some some Scandinavian dude talking about Scandinavian trolls, because uh, I was playing... Obviously, I was playing a lot of Warcraft at the time, and I thought I was thinking trolls like the Warcraft trolls. I'm like, eh, it's not what a troll looks like. No. Well, these things are fucking huge, right? Right. Yeah. These are more like, these are more like Lord of the Rings trolls. Yeah. Where they're really big. Are they even bigger than that? Like, if I'm, reco- if I'm recalling the picture, like, this thing looks as big as a mountain almost. Like, well, it's fucking huge. Um, some of them. 
in the Hobbit novel by and the troll isn't a giant, right? So like no, the frost giants are like a different. Well, okay, so the giants in. Depends on what you're talking about. Yeah. You're talking about Lord of the Rings. I do believe the Giants and the Trolls are different, but they're both sort of uh, evilish. Yeah. They're kind of they're kind of uh, not at Sauron's beck and will, but that evil side. I don't I don't know the deep lore of Lord of the Rings very well. But it is inspired by like Norwegian lore, right? Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Oh, he's inspired by a lot of the old. Uh, Norse tales for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's right. So, it, it like if this is a Norwegian film, I would take it that they're speaking of like Nordic, right? Trolls, right? But it, as I was saying, Lord of the Rings, the trolls are large enough that uh, he's they're picking up Bilbo in their hand. Yeah, yeah. So like, they're big. They're big. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Bilbo's a hobbit, and he's like the size of an eight-year-old. But still, to pick up one of your one of your children in your hand in your hand, you're you're a big being. Yeah. Yep. Right. So yeah, that's what they're like. But uh, and uh, what brings me around to that is the um, the sunlight thing. So the fact that they turn the stone, they turn the stone into sun. Yeah. So uh, by the time dawn comes, they have to be hid away in a cave. So that's basically what Bilbo. Had done well. Bilbo failed at it. Gandalf managed to keep yeah. them keep distracted them enough, right? Until morning. Yeah, Bilbo helped, but G- Gandalf's the real uh, mastermind in in that series. You think Gandalf's an actual wizard, or is he more of a sorcerer? Um, comparing to D and D in this case, I would assume is what you're getting. Yeah. At. Yeah. Gandalf is more of a celestial being, yeah, rather than either of those things. He's not a once he becomes Gandalf the White, I could see that. No, he's same. He's the same kind kind of being. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He's the same. He's the same being uh, between Gandalf and Radagast and and um, Saruman. They're all what are they called? Manir? No. They're all a particular type of essentially celestial being. Yeah. And they're just given different roles on Middle-earth. And when Gandalf the Grey dies, he gets sent back as Gandalf the White because Saruman had forsaken his being white to pursue the ring. Yeah. Right? I I interpret him as more of a sorcerer only because the only person, like the only actual portrayal of what I would interpret like a true wizard yeah. to be yeah. is Dr. Strange. Because when he casts spells, he's actually using components. Right. And he's doing the, um, what do you call? Stomatic, stomatic movements. Stomatic movements. Yeah. He does a lot of that when he's casting. Yes. Which is what a wizard does. Yeah. A sorcerer spontaneously casts his spells. Right. So it's mostly just maybe a word or a chant. Yeah. Which is what Gandalf uses. Yes. Right? So. So, yeah. I just find it funny that they call him a wizard, but he's really more of a sorcerer. Well, you know, and really, you go back and look at the words, they mean the same thing. Yes. So, 
Yeah, and, and he's called a sorcerer in the books. He's a sorcerer or a wizard. It's interchangeable in Lord of the Rings, as I understand it. Okay. So, you know, or does he say he's not? How's that phrase? I am not a mere sorcerer. Might be. I feel like he says something along those lines. Or a conjurer of tricks. Yeah. Yeah. Something kind of, along those. I'm actually, do not take me for some conjurer of cheap tricks. I'm not trying to rob you. I'm trying to... Right. Yeah, yeah. That's... Uh, that, I, think, yeah. I think that's the line you're referring to. That's one of them for sure. Yeah. There's definitely more that refer to him. But um, he's, he's, he's beyond yeah. the definition of that. And you can't... I find it difficult to compare totally different ideas of of these, uh, t- like comparing Lord of the Rings to Warcraft to D and D lore. Yeah, they're all or similar. Marvel. Or Marvel. Yeah, they all have similar in the fantasy lore, but they're all slightly different. Yeah, okay. You, in D and D, you'll have a wizard. In Warcraft, you'll have a mage. Yeah. And in uh, Lord of the Rings, you'll have a wizard, but it's slightly different than the wizard from here, or or more like the mage over here. But this shaman over here is kind of closer to this one over. You know what I mean? We should watch the Dungeons and Dragons movie. I've heard really good things. I've heard it's. I heard it's a fun movie. Yeah, I've heard that it's fun as well. Yeah, actually, the old one wasn't bad either. Old one? Yeah, there was one that came out there maybe in the nineties. I got and it had Jeremy Irons. I got two or three Pathfinder movies upstairs. Pathfinder. Pathfinder movies. Really? I got two it's two or three and they're and they're D D Pathfinder movies. Okay. Yeah, so like before it was um before Paizo really took over. Okay. Whenever whenever that they fall into. I got a few of them. They're John's a D and D guy. I'm more of a Pathfinder guy, but yeah. <laughs> uh, but we both love the tabletop. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I don't remember where we were going with any of this. We digressed hard. We did. Yeah, Troll Hunter. We we were talking about Troll Hunter. Troll Hunter. Then you mentioned Gandalf, and I was like, just I got to thinking. It's funny that they refer to him as a wizard, but he casts more like a sorcerer. Yeah. And again, it depends. And then I mentioned Doctor Strange is the only... Yeah, that, the only one that you see using components and making those stuff yeah. like movements. And, and and I was like, well, it's weird that Marvel, of all things, did that right. Right? Now, and that's another thing about the magic in Lord of the Rings. It is... A lot of it is more subtle than magic that you would think of in other places. Like, Gandalf, part of his magic is to give hope to the people around him. And that's some of the reason why everyone gets so dis- That's just a morale-boosting spell, John. Well, in the idea, yeah, but like, it, it is this innate thing that he's just doing from being around, and it is magical in yeah. regards to the story. And when everyone's gone, when, when Gandalf goes and fights the Balrog and dies and come, before he comes back, Everyone's totally despaired that Gandalf is gone. Mm-hmm. But, uh... As you would be. Well, yeah. If your level 20 wizard just bit the dust. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because he went to solo fighting a Balrog. <laughs> he, uh... FYI, level 20 wizard would totally take a Balrog. 
Oh, ooh, yeah. No, yeah. totally. Um, if you had to write spells prep that day, <laughs> I, I, I'm i not a fan of preparatory casting. Oh. We're digressing. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't uh, we're, I don't have a problem we're, with it. We're, uh, we're tangent. But I'm mostly DM, so I don't have to run into that problem a lot. I know. Like, yeah, this, he got a prep. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Oh yeah, I get to I get the hand wavy him some stuff. I don't have to follow mechanics like like you pled and players. Oh, I I'm assuming that some people do though. Some people like I I would think this, so. This is what my bad wizard has prepped today. Right. And if they don't fight him today, he may have other spells prepped tomorrow. Yes. Oh yeah, for sure. Based on information, they, they might show up a little too early. And Ollie has the scrying spells ready, and he goes, "Well, I guess I'm going to fight you with cantrips." Yeah, <laughs> I like that they refer to uh, Sauron as like the necromancer. Yes. Yeah. Right. When he was in Mirkwood. Yeah. 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 That was uh, that was when he first showed up, and that was back when The Hobbit happened. That's when Gandalf took off, and The Hobbit was to go check that out. Yes. And then he comes back and back and forth, back and forth. I do believe... But he doesn't really, like, raise a lot of army, like a massive army of the dead. No. Actually, and, I, I would say that... Uh, calling him a necromancer again yeah. is slightly different than... The meanings are slightly different between different... Of what we interpret a true necromancer. Right. Uh, from D&D or from Warcraft or whatever other... Pathfinder. Or, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Pick pick your poison. Yeah. Um, Basically, necromancer in this case is a practicer of dark magics. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. As opposed to death magics. Yeah. Well, uh, bringing it all back around to uh, Autopsy Jane Doe. Somehow. Mm-hmm. Everyone, again, there's not much more to say. Maybe she's a necromantic. Maybe she, all this crap under her skin, because we didn't really touch on that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she's got, like, ritualistic shit printed on the inside of her skin. Yeah. The underside of her skin. Maybe she is a necromancer. Maybe she is. Maybe she was, like, in the process of becoming a lich or something. I wouldn't go that far with this movie. I don't think that's what. Uh, I don't think where that. I don't think that's where it was going. But maybe a necromancer was like fucking with her. Now that we're talking about necromancers, yeah, maybe we don't see necromancers in horror nearly enough. No, we we, we don't see fantasy horror nearly enough. No, we were talking about this. Uh, well, what what I think it was uh, Black Sunday. We got into yeah, this I similar think we discussion in. Hollywood, like, really needs to, you know, do that. I'm going to say... a really dark fantasy film. Right. I'm going to I'm gonna say the same thing I said then. The problem with, like, your high fantasy and making it horror is that fantasy, generally, there's a hero. There's someone heroic. Yeah. And... But there's a lot of... You would have to get rid of it. ...that, like, there's campaigns based around... Yes, and you can have a campaign, but making a fantasy, melding the fantasy, like that high elvish, you know, fantasy, like Tolkien-esque fantasy with horror is difficult because what are you you going to, you're going to have, I think you'll have to focus on ordinary people. Yeah. And depending on how you do it, I'm sure, I'm sure there's better ways to do it, but, you know, 
if you do it as like this town is being raided by orcs, well, you just kind of got a monster film. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm sure there's ways around to write around it and make it a high fantasy horror. I'm sure people smarter than me can do it. I I think that even like Lord of the Rings does do horror well sometimes. Yeah. Basically, any time the Nazgul show up. Like, and they're coming in debris, and they're just, like, basically coming into this dark room, and they all encircle the bed, and they paste their swords down, and they start stabbing the shit out of it. Yeah. Nazgul are, like, freaky-looking. The ring wraiths are good, yeah. Yeah. And hunting them throughout the roads on the way debris as well. Yeah. That would be rather tense. Yes. Yeah. Like, that whole sequence in uh, Fellowship was... Yeah. Executed. What I would interpret to be is pretty pretty scarily. Yeah. Right? I can follow you on that. Yeah. There's something terrifying about a black-robed creature on a horse that's executed well in Sleepy Hollow as well. Yeah. Yeah. Right? The Headless Horseman. Right? Yeah, and there's a few like that where you look back and you're like, that's kind of fantasy horror. It's kind of. Yeah. You know, that... Um, and you know, some people would argue that anything supernatural could be f- construed as fantasy horror. Fantasy horror, yeah. But I don't think that's I don't think we're talking about just a fantasy horror. I think I think what we're getting at is a high fantasy. High fantasy, so an established world. Right. With that a horror movie is set in. Right. A D and D horror movie. Yeah. Or basically like a Lord of the Rings horror movie. Warcraft horror. Yeah, Warcraft horror. They all have, and all those settings certainly do have their horrific thing. Oh, that yeah. You would pull it off. I, I think, I'm not sure if we mentioned in the podcast or not, but basically, like, if you did a Warcraft movie, like, basically, The Rise and Fall of Arthas yeah. would be a good, a good tale to put into a horror film. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I, I think that's more or less. The same points that we got to on, uh, again, I think it was Black Sunday. Video. Yeah, it may have been. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like a rackus. Again. Again. Always. I'm so glad we got the soundproof booth over here. Yeah, yeah. But you can see the movements. Those, uh, looks like those, uh, those crazy, uh. Rednecks. Redneck. Mutated. Nuclear mutants. Nuclear mutants. Are getting into it with Francis Dollarhide, the Red Dragon, the Great Red Dragon. You don't no. know that one? No. no. So I mentioned earlier Manhunter. That's the uh, Hannibal Lecter film that Brian Cox. I know Red Dragon is the follow, is the sequel to uh, to uh, Silence of the Lambs. Prequel. prequel, is it? Yeah, prequel. Oh. So Will Graham is the guy that catches Hannibal. Puts him in prison. Yeah. Um, and he has to go back to confer with him on a serial killer who is the Red the, the red Dragon. Okay. Yeah, who basically is... A, he, so he, the, he's a serial killer. So the way that... Um, the way that... Uh, oh, God, what's her name? Clarice goes and consults Hannibal on... It's very much the, It's very much the same thing. Yeah, okay. Except he did it before. Yeah. And there's a bit more of a dynamic there, I think, just because, like, I do love the interactions between Clarice and 
Hannibal, but there's no history there. No. There's a distinct history between Will and Hannibal because they had worked together before Will pieced together that, oh shit, he's a killer. Yeah. They had worked together previously on cases. Yeah. So they have a history. So, Francis Dollarhide's fucked. Yeah? I... I He's just a guy. He's just a guy. Yeah, smart he, guy. He's he's smart, smart-ish, and he's strong. Okay. But he's once again, there's no, there's no supernatural element. There wouldn't be here anyway. But Pluto and Lizard. Yeah. Pluto's a big guy. Uh, I'm trying to remember which one's Pluto. And the other thing is, I'm wondering: Are we talking about the remake? Or are we talking about the original? Mmm. I don't remember if Lizard was in... Is Lizard in the original? Well, so I'm trying to find out. Yeah, I'm not he sure. Is. Yeah, he is. But at the end of the day, there's two of them. There is two of them, and they are mutated, you know. So, there's that. And they're also basically what I would call uncivilized to a point that they're going to they're not going to fight conventionally savage i think yeah 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 they're going to be savage they're not going to fight conventionally no they're and they're not going to wait either they're just kind of going to go for it yeah yeah try to see which one i mean if dollar hide had like been able to plan this right and he was able to, maybe, maybe he he would definitely be able to outthink them, but in a brawl, I, I just don't see it. You don't see it, yeah. Well, it's two of these guys, yeah, brothers, brothers, kind of keeping it together. And uh, I, I feel bad that I have no idea who this dollar hide is, though. Let me see if I can find you a picture of him. Let's go ahead and use the, the probably the, the guy that's most known for playing him, and that would be, like, the Anthony Hopkins Red Dragon. So it's actually Ralph Fiennes that plays him. So um, you compared him to a lich, Harry Potter, the bad guy. Voldemort. Voldemort. The guy who plays him in the... Plays him. Okay, okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. There so he's just... Yeah, okay, so he's just a standard dude. Yeah, he's but just... But he's an intelligent, uh, you know, an extra intelligence. Yeah, I mean, he's he's a fit guy. Yeah. That's a picture of, like, the, the tattoo as he's doing his his nude reveal. Mm. The great red dragon that he's becoming. Okay. With each murder that he commits. He gets more uh, tattooed? Yes. Okay. Yeah, so like he's a, he's a fit guy. Yeah, well, these guys are extra fit. Yeah, Lizard and Pluto are. The, these have grown muscles on their muscles. Yeah, significantly. Oh, that poor guy. He's gonna be eaten. Yeah. Now the now the thing is, he's he's pretty brutal. In in like a fight, I can I can see him. He's probably gonna wound them. Yeah. Right. Because he does have his teeth. Filed and whatnot. Okay. So he does. He's got a bite, mm. right? And and that's one of his things. Like he'll usually bite on his victims and whatnot. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't. I still don't see it being much of a fight now, do we? Yeah. 
All right. Well, I guess Lizard and Pluto are... Uh, are dancing. They may have a couple of chunks. They, they, yeah, they're a little... They had a bit of a scrap. But, I mean, again, it was also 2v1. Yeah. Yeah. What was his name? Francis Dollar, huh? Francis. Francis. Yeah, basically, I'm thinking one of them gets him, like, in a, in a rear naked choke type thing, wraps him up, and the other just fucking... Starts wailing on Starts him. stomping on his head. Yeah. Right? Until there's nothing left. They're just boot heels to bits of skull and brain, grinding it into the, into the floorboards. Don't pick a fight with two people. Yeah, however that happened. I don't think he picked the fight, unfortunately. I think they just thought he looked tasty. There, there's a couple of duos in here. Yeah. Right? So There is. It is. They're, they're going to be hard to come, like, hard to, ta- like, beat if you're just another dude dude yourself. Yeah. Right? Yeah. For sure. Like, it would be hilarious if Billy and Stu ever go up against Roman. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. No chance. Yeah. <laughs> Especially since Roman's missing a few fingers. Yeah. Well, I'm going to write this down. Because we keep saying we should write this down. Who's who's beating who? Yeah, we really do need to establish that. And if they have any wounds. Yeah. Right? Dollar high. There you go. Yeah. So I'm thinking maybe if uh, Lizard had him in the, in the choke, maybe he might have bit, bit, uh, bit of skin out of his forearm. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, he might he might have like real beat up on one of them. Yeah, yeah, you know, got a good beating and not yeah, yeah, maybe. uh, But you know, it doesn't take too long to get. That's right. uh, Number games are usually going to win. Yeah, right. And they're savage. They're not. uh, They're they're not going to play it. uh, That's right. That's right. And it's not like this person. He he's a killer. But he's a serial killer that's used to getting the drop on people. Right. He's a planner. Yeah. He, he's not a killer that's like... That would be an interesting go-to as well if we end up getting two thinkers. Two thinkers, yeah. And just eyeing each other for a few hours before they... <laughs> yeah. Right? But Francis Dollarhide won't be one of those. No, he will not. His head is uh, mushed, mushed into the, uh, the floorboards. Well, guys, that's uh, that's it. That's a wrap on. Uh, Thanks for on another one. Coming Stan. along on another journey. Yeah, another hour and a bit. Yeah. Once again, if you uh, if you want to follow us over on Twitter, we're there at d and j underscore todp, and uh, you can feel free to email us uh, at on Gmail, the old dark podcast at gmail dot com. Be glad to get back to you. I'm doing. Uh, I'm trying to do better at uh, the Twitter posting. Yeah, I actually posted something yesterday saying that I'm going to try and do better. Life, <laughs> life's going to happen sometimes. Yeah, we. I, I'm glad we. Pains. Yeah, I'm glad we had a few extra. Yeah. Buffer episodes. Buffer weeks. We we, we had a we've had a bit of a six week time yeah. between. Missed this, missed that between the two of us. Mm-hmm. But anyway. We're going to keep doing this until we feel like we don't want to. And I don't feel like that yet. Not yet, no. At all. Well, anyway. Thanks. Have fun. Have fun. See you next time.